there is something different about outlook there is something different about you know the way in which teams embrace and just get working on something even if they don't know the answer That was Paula Leach, head of people at the Home Office, pondering one of the great mysteries of our time, the productivity puzzle. Now, Paula spent nearly two decades working with Ford in the US, where, on average, workers produce 30% more an hour than we do. So you could describe it as ambition, or you could just describe it as just starting, just starting. Interesting. So perhaps more of a willingness to embrace failure along the way as well. Yeah, it could be. There's definitely an optimistic outlook. Now, of course, Paula wouldn't suggest that something as intangible as outlook alone could make us 30% more productive. And another driver that always pops up in any discussion about productivity is engagement. We've all heard that story about the janitor at NASA. President Kennedy asks him what he's doing and he replies, I'm helping to put a man on the moon. He became a symbol of the engaged worker and, so the theory went, if workers are engaged, they will get more done. But what does being engaged actually mean and does that theory even stand up? Paula and her team are now midway through the Brexit process, one of the biggest manpower projects since the Second War. So she's no stranger to the challenge of building teams to tackle large tasks. Here are her tips for creating a productive team. An absolute focus on the process and really understanding how you can create the smoothest, leanest, most frictionless process from beginning to end is is the first key to productivity. That's worked really well for the automation industry, hasn't it? Which in some ways, as you say, is a simpler animal than others because you are making a thing. You bring in resources, you turn out a product. More complex for other organisations. It is more complex for other organisations. But, you know, the the trick, I think, for many organisations is to try and simplify the complexity. And if you think about things from an end-to-end experience. You, you can usually draw some line through that. So there's a process discipline. There's also a discipline around, I guess it's really around the highest performing teams that you can have. And I yeah. think that translates itself into a people business a bit more than a component business. And that is that the more we're able to have everybody understanding exactly what they're doing in contribution to common cause and operating at, you know, the highest productivity that they can that's sustainable. So I say that because I don't think human beings have the capacity to operate at full 100% all of the time without the ability to recharge and pause. But understanding how we create not only the mindset, but the skills and capability, I think it's how that translates into a people system. So the factors you've been describing in terms of, of raising people performance I mean they would all come under the umbrella of engagement in its broadest sense for you no I don't necessarily think it is is just engagement I think there's a you know it's a blend I mean we hear a lot about the role the supposed connection between engagement and productivity but it's it's hard to demonstrate it sometimes isn't it it is yes it's about how engaged somebody's feeling it's about their well-being such that they're they have a predisposition to being able to operate at their best performance it's also about having the clarity of of a goal 
and being able to understand what good looks like. So it's absolutely got to be, yes, about shared purpose, clarity of goal, clarity of my role in that and what great looks like and me being motivated to do all of those things. Which all sounds eminently sensible. And yet, many organisations have done their homework, put theory into practice, rolled out engagement schemes and seen very little, if any, gain. The hard truth is there is no straight-line correlation between engagement and productivity. Well, so we're dealing with human beings, so to have all of those things completely lined up sounds great on paper. To actually try and achieve that in an organisation is really, really difficult, partly because they're complicated and, and there's lots of different things that pull us in different directions, even if we have one overall goal, there's lots of diversions, but also because people have feelings. That motivation and our productivity is affected by all the things that are happening around us and how we respond to that, and then multiply that by however many hundreds, thousands of people you might have in one organisation. So good engagement scores don't necessarily tell the story of what's really going on in people's heads? So I love an engagement survey and I think it's really important because it's a moment in time and it's one way of trying to understand what's happening within your organisation. And if you don't have those measures, you know, it's quite difficult to get anonymised, you know, aggregated information about an organisation's Uh, how it feels and about how individuals feel there's Um, a butt hanging in the air the the butt is it isn't the be all and end all I think using it as a platform using it as a springboard and ensuring that we uh, give people the ability to follow up with that voice is really really important So we know the engagement survey is a starting point, not a destination. But what does it tell us about productivity? Do engaged employees always work harder, smarter or more efficiently? And if it's not being emotionally, cognitively, physically engaged that makes us more productive, what does? We asked two experts to help us untangle that puzzle. Dr. Ilki Njiulu is Professor of Organisational Behaviour and Human Resource Management at the University of Exeter Business School. Duncan Brown is Head of Consulting at the Institute for Employment Studies, where he leads on HR and reward. So, when it comes to productivity, how big a part do they think engagement plays? Yeah, that's the $64 million question, and it is so hard to answer because it raises a, a key, really, question about what, what's productivity and what's engagement. For the past 20, 25 years, there's been ups and downs, but broadly we've grown about 25 to 3%, and yet since the crash in 2008, we've at best grown at half of that. So a lot of debate about why is productivity not at the levels. And um, what seems to be emerging is the human factor. But what that component is, the extent to which its employees 
uh, engagement and beliefs and commitment to, to high productivity or to what extent it's their skills or even their pay. Some people argue their pay is, people's pay is too low and that's what we should be doing, increasing their pay. So lots of debate. So there has been, certainly in recent years, a huge amount of time and resource devoted by the HR community and management generally to this idea of raising engagement in the workforce. But that hasn't translated into better productivity, has it? When we look at the macro level, it's very difficult to show that. Yeah, and it, uh, interestingly, it hasn't really translated whatever engagement is, if you can measure it in most kind of national measures and corporate measures, it hasn't actually translated into higher engagement either. Well, it's interesting you say that, because obviously we talk to organisations all the time who flourish their engagement scores and say, you know, look how well we're doing, but your general sense is across the economy? If you look, yeah, if you look at the, the major providers in these areas, generally they're showing flat ratings. They generally show the UK and Europe are low compared to the rest of the world. Employee involvement comes out as a far more significant driver of performance than virtually any of you know any other practice, HR practice. And what what do you exactly do you mean by that? That actually workers are consulted they're spoken to, their views, are, they feel their views are, are inputted and they are taken account of. So it's employee voice, it's in, not necessarily exactly. autonomy, it's and, voice. Uh, yeah, and if you take probably the best summaration of engaging for success, the movement now that, that CIPD is heavily involved in, their first report in 2009, they kind of highlighted four generic factors that they thought were behind high engagement and high productivity and voice was the most significant of those. We also have some new research showing that employees find challenging work can be engaging. So job complexity, job responsibility, but that only makes people engaged if that's also supported by the relevant training so they can actually do the work they're supposed to do well. There does seem to be this sense, certainly in areas in the NHS, that even adversity is bonding people together because it's such a testing environment. And that adversity drives performance in its own way. So in other words, the flip side almost of everything we might attempt to do in terms of building engagement. It's a negative experience, but it is driving engagement. Would that be a, a fair analysis? Definitely. And I think in a way, if... if the NHS has done some fabulous work really with, although interesting, they call their, their survey, which they use nationally, they call uh, the staff survey. They don't call it the engagement survey, but they've got really good materials that they use, guidance for managers, how to you know, think about the engagement and motivation of your staff and how to work on improving it. In a way, it's a kind of model example of if you are going to use engagement, that, that's probably the way to do it tailoring the thing to suit your setting and your staff seems key. So has that been a long-standing problem, do you think, in this whole debate that everyone's been looking for convenient silver bullets? Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Can I just pursue this adversity, productivity out of adversity idea? Because I am interested in it because I think, you know, we've seen examples of that in the past in very hothousey environments, aggressive environments in the city, trading floors. You know, no one would say there were pleasant places to work. They had extremely high productivity in some of those instances, obviously very toxic. Other environments, the military, you know, springs to mind. Lots of occasions where people aren't bonded by pleasant experiences by things that HR and management are doing they are bonded by the sense of common purpose aren't they that they're doing something worthwhile in adversity it's powerful isn't it powerful driver very actually and looking at my own research we also find that 
sometimes people find that something that they find quite challenging. And if you ask them, do you actually want this responsibility or this level of workload, they might say, I'm actually not sure. But then they're put into that situation and they master it. That can be highly exciting and elevating. So has the community been looking at this idea of engagement the wrong way round, do you think? Have we been driving almost more making an environment too embracing and generating complacency perhaps? Do we need more edge, bite, difficulty in our workplaces? I think there's certainly an argument that the concept has outlived its its usefulness. From my perspective, I think looking over the last decade, I think it was initially quite helpful to get people aware of the importance of knowing how their staff felt. And actually thinking about their people as more than just parts of the machine. And I think they were very convinced by some of the research. So I think that was very helpful. But then, as you implied, the almost then the adoption of common survey tools. We all did the survey and we all competed to get the highest participation rates and the top employer to work for and all that stuff. And also HR picking up almost common templates of best practice when whatever evidence there is, is it's got to be tailored to, you, to your own workforce. So I wouldn't write off the concept yet, um, but I think it's a really good point that it's been overused. I'm going to ask you an annoying question given you've given me a great long useful list of all the stuff we should be doing they don't do all that stuff in France and yet they're still 20% better than us on the productivity front why great question actually we you know which economists keep asking themselves I mean certainly I think skill seems to be a key area coming back to the skills agenda I think that the recent OECD analysis of the UK really said we had an unusually high proportion of of low-skilled jobs, and, and that's, of course, been a key area of growth in the economy. Skills, I think, is a key yeah, area. Yeah, skills and areas for development. Skill use and opportunities to learn more are, are linked to engagement. So that could be one. The research hasn't really looked a lot at factors outside work that also influence your engagement levels. Work-life balance is one that has been linked to engagement. That's probably where... The French, um, well, we know that the working hours, average working hours are lower. So that could be another aspect contributing to it. Are cultural issues more central to this than we know? Yeah, the drivers of engagement could differ across cultures. I think some people have looked at it. As an example, in some cultures, for instance, China, um, cohesion is a lot more important. So that's something that could drive engagement more, feeling excited about your work than Um, in countries in Northern Europe or in the UK or Germany. That's an interesting point. You need to look at your own organisation if we're taking it down to the tiny level. Or your own country. Your own country, your own sector, your own organisation to know what needs to be done. Interesting discussion. Thank you both very much. I have a strong sense we'll be talking about that (laughs) in the future. So what can we take from this? Most people agree that a highly engaged workforce is a good thing, but companies need to be thoughtful about what their engagement scores are actually measuring. You can be engaged, yet unproductive, or highly productive in a role you're not actively enjoying. So relying on engagement scores to understand where the energy lies in your organisation may mean you are missing the bigger picture. 
For more on engagement and productivity, head to the CIPD website for a wealth of reports, briefings, blog posts, and of course, our archive of podcasts all about people and work, the profession's longest running podcast series. Thanks for listening. Join me again next month.